TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. As we continue, Kansas City, not sure if you've heard about this. If you've seen about this, they did win the Super Bowl. That's a thing. They're officially a dynasty now, no matter what Keith says. And we got to talk about that. We got to talk about the latest in the Browns offseason. And to do so, we're going to head out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline and welcome on NFL staff writer for SI Now. He's also the host of the Matt Verderam Show. It's Matt Verderam. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How are you? Well, I just want to make sure. Are you concerned about the timing of the Matt Verderam show, which <laughs> is built around the Chiefs? Are you worried that you've now got as much pressure as the Chiefs dynasty has on it? I do feel a lot of pressure with the show, yes. Uh, I, uh, I, th- I think it was pretty good timing, honestly. With some of it was accidental, but it worked out. Um, yeah, you know, I just do the national pod over at the MMQB podcast with uh, Albert Breer and Connor Orr and Gilberto Manzano, and I figured... I kind of came up in the business covering the Chiefs. I grew up a Chiefs fan as a kid, even though I grew up uh, on the East Coast. And so uh, just always kind of wanted to do it as a passion project and started the show over on Patreon. And uh, hopefully, it, hopefully it goes well. At least, at least they're, they're a pretty good team. So that, that helps. It's by some interest. Yeah, I remember that when that LeBron guy was in Cleveland, he did some good stuff for our ratings too. So I, I think I think you're in safe hands with Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs dynasty. I did want to ask you though, you know, last year I that was the first year that everybody said they're out of it. The, the Chiefs are cooked, and then they won the Super Bowl, right? Because they were rebuilding. And then this year yeah. it was well, they don't have uh, receivers, and if they're limiting Pat Mahomes. They're cooked, and they they won the Super Bowl. Which one of those two? wins surprised you more this one this one i think i think if you said to me before each of those seasons which is more surprising it was the last year because of all the rookies and trying to figure it out without tyree kill so like going into the season i probably would say 2022 is more surprising just because you looked at they needed mcduffie to be a contributor right away and carl loftus and leo chanel and brian cook and on down the line isaiah pacheco I think going into the year, there was more of a sense of, okay, this is going to be a little bit tougher. Plus, the AFC West, all these teams had made huge moves. So it kind of felt like it was a little bit of a reset. But by about halfway through the year last year, you realize that this, this team's really good. Like, this team could definitely win the Super Bowl. Where this edition, I mean, we're sitting there on Christmas watching them just get their, their doors beat in by the Raiders at Arrowhead. You're thinking, are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to, even if they do, are they going to win a game? I, it was a stunning turnaround in the last six weeks. You looked at them and said, I don't know that they can even win 11 games. And then by the end of it, you said, well, of course they won. They're them. But it was a wild ride. 
right now. The, Chief, the Chiefs are now the uh, the NFL's Goliath. My question to you is, who's going to be David to take them down? Because, I mean, that team's coming back next year. They're not rebuilding. So uh, who do you think is uh, going to be there to challenge them and uh, potentially take them down next year? Are we staring a three-peat in the eye? Well, nobody's ever done it in the Super Bowl era, right? So, I mean, the, the odds say that you, you take the you take the, the other side of this thing and say somebody's going to figure out a way to beat them. Now, the flip side of that, if you want to bet against Mahomes, you, you go ahead and do it. Um, I, I wouldn't advise it. But, look, I, I, I look at the Bengals and still think of all the teams, they're the ones that they don't have a fear of the Chiefs the way a lot of these other teams do. You know, the, the, the Bengals have beat them in the playoffs. Even last year when they, they played them and lost to the Chiefs, they played them tooth and nail. They, they have the formula because Anarumo is a great coordinator and that offense can score with anybody when they're healthy. So I would look at them. You know, Buffalo, I just don't know that they're going to bring a lot of these guys back. I think Buffalo is going to have to have a little bit of a, a soft reset. I still think their playoff team is still dangerous. They're going to lose some of their veteran guys. Uh, and then, you know, the NFC, if it's not the Niners, is it Detroit? Is it maybe the Packers? It was Jordan Love's ascension. I, you know, I, but I, I think it's going to come from the AFC. If somebody's going to beat the Chiefs, I think it's an AFC team. If they ever got back to the Super Bowl next year, I don't think anybody could beat them in the AFC. Matt Verderam of the Matt Verderam Show in SI Now on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So we, we started here with the, your, your background there with Kansas City, you know, the background of the Matt Verderam Show. I am curious, though, has Kyle Shanahan officially gone from it coach to can't win the big game coach? Yeah, I mean, I, I think to some degree, fair or otherwise, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's reality, right? I mean, this is a results-based business. I look at Sean McVay, who is extremely close with Kyle Shanahan. Of course, they coach together in Washington famously. They're very, very good friends. If McVay had lost that Super Bowl to Cincinnati, and he's 0-2, that's the wrap on him, right? I mean, because that, that first game, they scored three points against New England. If they lose to Cincinnati, that's the wrap. They didn't lose. They found a way to come back in the end and win. With Shanahan, he's had the misfortune of two times going into a Super Bowl and facing Mahomes. And he's had a lead in both, and he's lost both. And, of course, he's a coordinator in Atlanta, and he faces Brady, and, and, and that game you know, unravels and all the rest of it. I actually thought Shanahan coached a really good game. on some, you know, I, I've seen people say, well, in the third quarter, they threw the ball too much. Go look at the game. I mean, they, they ran a couple of times, but they were in second and 15, second and 18, third and 15. I mean, you're not going to run in those situations. The, the big criticism, I think, is fair, Shanahan. I, and I frankly thought it immediately. The coin toss thing was insane. You can't sit there and play for a possession you might never see against Patrick Mahomes. That, I thought, was the big blunder for Shannon. I thought gameplay-wise, calling the plays, managing the game, I thought he was fine, but that, that coin toss will haunt him for a long time. Matt, can I talk you into the big difference with the 49ers with Shanahan as they've had the lesser quarterback in each one of those? And the logical point to maybe make is that maybe they need to pursue a franchise quarterback? Yeah, I think that's 100% accurate. I mean, look, they, they were up 20 to 10 with seven minutes left in Super Bowl 54. And Garoppolo in, in the fourth quarter of that game went three of 11 for 31 yards and a pick. And Mahomes went nuts. And that was the difference. And in, and in this Super Bowl, I thought Purdy was fine. I didn't think he was great, but I thought he was good. He didn't beat them. He didn't make the big mistake. But, you again, like when you're talking about the quarterback position, that's the, the, the praise. It's just, hey, he didn't kill them. That's not a good thing. Like, 
Mahomes didn't didn't go into that game going, well, I just can't kill us. Mahomes went into that game saying, well, I'm just going to beat the 49ers. I'm going to make the plays that win us the football game. And he did, whether it was with his arm or his legs. And so, we, look, we saw the Niners go all in a couple of years ago with Trey Lance. And that was a disaster. And they really lucked out. They, they, they got at the, a great spot with Purdy. But, yeah, I do think as long as they have a deficiency of quarterback, they're average or right around that, you're always going to have a tough time to get to Super Bowl if you're facing an Allen or a Burrow or, you know, at some point a Herbert or a Lamar or Mahomes. You're never going to go into that game on even footing. I don't care how good you are around the guy. Matt, in January 2021, the Browns were arguably two, maybe three plays away from upsetting the Chiefs in the divisional round. A um, couple years down the line, they realized they need a, a, a top-tier franchise uh, quarterback uh, not named Baker Mayfield, so they go out and give up the farm and $230 million to bring in Deshaun Watson with the thought of competing for Super Bowls, obviously now with the Chiefs uh, being a dynasty. My question to you is, how close are the Browns now a couple of years down the train tracks with Watson coming back? Are they to Kansas City? Well, I think the Browns roster-wise are one of the better teams in the AFC. I mean, this is a defense. Like, I know the home road splits are crazy this year and all that, but this, I mean, like, they're very talented defensively. And you, you have a team that is really well-coached, both with Stefanski and with Schwartz. You know, this offense, I mean, how many teams? They have five starting quarterbacks this season, if you count Week 18. And you know, Chubb obviously got hurt early in the year, gruesome the injury, that they're missing the tackles. And yet the Browns still end up being a team that's the top wildcard team in the AFC, certainly was you know, in, the, in the conversation for the North for much of the year. My big question with Cleveland is, I love their roster. Is Deshaun Watson ever going to get back to what he was? I mean, that, that's it. That's the whole thing. Because unfortunately with that contract, it's not like you can move on and cut bait. So if you're the Browns, you have to sit there and say, look, he's got to get better. We've got to do everything we possibly can do, A, to keep him healthy, and B, to get somewhere near the production we expected when we made that massive trade. Because if that doesn't happen, that roster can be great around them, but it's, it's not going to matter. I, I think that's the key here, and look, do the, do the Browns hedge their bets at some point? Do they do they draft a quarterback on day two this year and just say, hey, look, we're going to take it just a shot, and if the guy's a backup, fine, whatever. If he pans out as more than that, awesome. I don't know when you have that much invested in Watson, but he's, he's obviously the linchpin to all this. Matt, the Browns were very aggressive last offseason. The Zadarius Smith trade, there were other deals, even the pick swap that brought him Elijah Moore. And, yeah. you know, the the expectation is they're going to be really aggressive and moving money around and trying to make another big splash. And that was, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith last offseason. I'm curious if, if the Browns have one big splash move in them this offseason, where do you think they should spend that? I mean, you could certainly argue a few different areas, but for me, I think the defense is terrific. Like, I, I already think they're defensively, not that you can't upgrade here or there incrementally, but I think defensively they're, they're, they're great. Um, I'd love to see them get a real top-end receiver to go alongside Amari Cooper, who had a great year. But, you know, if, if, there's, if they can open up some space and they feel good about their cap situation going to the free agency, you know, look, I think like, I, I, Higgins, I think Pittman Jr., they probably get bagged. Maybe you go out and get that, that, that second-tier guy, like a Calvin Ridley. Or, uh, you know, a, a Gabe Davis, some people like, some people don't. I, I'm more 
embarrassed on Gabe Davis, but if, if the Browns like him, like someone someone on that level, not maybe the Mike Evans who gets to make $25 million, or like if Keenan Allen gets released from the Chargers because they have all these cap issues, maybe they go that route. Like, I'd like to see them. Look, you have Njoku, who's terrific. Cooper is awesome. Obviously, you mentioned they brought in Elijah Moore. Like, my whole idea is you build as much as you possibly can around Watson. You basically try to make it. So, they, hey, it, this is foolproof. Like, there's so much talent around you on offense. You just have to be a point guard. Just get the ball in their hands and let them go make a play. Um, you know, I don't know how many Browns fans would agree or disagree with me, but I, I think another receiver to add as a running mate to Cooper would be awesome. Let me ask you this. Uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and that, uh, uh, you know, AFC championship game, uh, when you think back to that, does Lamar – is Lamar the guy that can challenge Patrick Mahomes and knock him off in the playoffs? You know, sitting here thinking about, you know, we already talked about what the, the, the picture in the AFC looks like in Kansas City being on top of the pile right now. But when you look at the quarterbacks, the elite quarterbacks uh, in the AFC with Lamar winning his second MVP, is he the guy that Mahomes needs to worry about picking him off in the postseason most? He's one of them. Um, I, I still think it's Burrow because I think Burrow is the most like him in terms of the mentality. Like that, he's not like athletically; they're completely different. But in terms of mentality and just the way he approaches the game and how you know if he makes a mistake, hey, he's on to the next thing. I move on. He's a winner. Uh, you know, and, and, and just frankly, I think that the Bengals are really well coached and they've got Chase and Higgins. You know, we'll see what happens with Tyler Boyd. My guess he moves on, but I would say it's Burrow. And then after that, then you can get into the argument of Allen or, or Lamar and you know, Trevor Lawrence if he bounces back, or C.J. Stroud, who obviously looks like he's going to be a great player. Um, but that, that AFC title game, the Ravens got away from the run early. They never went back to it. And Lamar really struggled in that game. And, and that's no knock on Lamar. Look, the Chiefs had a great defense this year. That's the biggest reason they won the Super Bowl alongside Mahomes. The defense was incredible. Um, I, I do think... With Lamar, look, he has improved tremendously as a passer. He is a threat from the pocket. Obviously, he's a huge threat when he breaks contain and takes off. Um, the question is just going to be, you know, can, can Baltimore sustain that roster moving forward? they got a lot of free agents, a lot of them. And now Jackson's not, not cheap, right? I mean, it's, Matt Abike is going to hit the, the market. Are they going to tag him? Are they going to sign him? Uh, you know, you have so many guys. You know, Zeitler is another one. Beckham, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, uh, on and on and on and on and on. Clowney. I mean, it's a lot of guys. It's a lot of guys. They're gonna have. They're gonna lose quite a bit this offseason. Matt, one final thought here. The. Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday in a couple different reports were linked to uh, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, and Ryan Tannehill as the three quarterbacks Pittsburgh could pursue uh, this offseason. What's the best quarterback you think, uh, the best fit of all those quarterbacks? I mean, out of those three, if I'm them, I'm going after Justin Fields. I mean, what, what upside is there with Ryan Tannehill? I know he worked with Arthur Smith. Like, I understand why there's a connection. Ryan Tannehill's not winning them anything in that division. Are you kidding me? Like they're not. I mean, that they're not scaring anybody with Ryan Tannehill. Yes, he's an upgrade over Kenny Pickett, but so are like seven guys coming out of the draft this year, right? I mean, like if if the whole mentality is well, he's an upgrade over Pickett. Okay, fine. I mean, three quarters of the league would, would fit that category. You you, you got to try to move the needle. Like I think Russell Wilson. Look, the upside of Wilson is because he's getting cut by Denver and there's offset language in the contract. 
you're paying him the veterans minimum. So you're paying him nothing. And he can come in there and maybe be a stabilizing force for a year or two, and, and that's fine. But Fields is the guy. If they believe that Fields has another step or two to, uh, of growth in him, that's the guy I'm looking at going, hey, he's, if, you can, if you can get him going, if you can reach his potential, I mean, he might be in the league for another decade, 12 years, whatever it is, right? So, like, I would rather go get Fields, offer a second-round pick, something like that, um, then go out and get Tannehill, who I, I don't even think at this point is, is much of a bridge, or Wilson, who is a bridge, and that's, that's all he is. All right, man. Um, all right, Matt. I, I don't know why I almost said, all right, man. Uh, all right, Matt. Uh, for those who have not seen the Matt Verderam show, where can we find it? And give us that elevator pitch real quick. Yeah, it's uh, it's on Patreon. So you can go, or you can check out my, my Twitter feed as well, at Matt Verderam, and, and, and find it there. It's a pinned tweet. Um, it is just, it is the Kansas City Chiefs version of a podcast that I do. Like I said, I do the National on MMQB. The Bad Verdam show is just, you know, it's about the Chiefs. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of seeing the league through that lens, uh, having great guests on every week, breaking it down, a couple podcasts per week, some bonus episodes, some stuff like that. And uh, I, th- I think it's uh, hopefully insightful, even if you're not a Chiefs fan, but certainly if you're a Chiefs fan, that's kind of the sweet spot. Excellent stuff, buddy. Continue to rise and grind, buddy. We appreciate you. Problem anytime. Matt Verderam on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. I don't think anyone's going to panic or say, ah, oh, that's not a good move if you sign T. Higgins this offseason. I don't think it. If they uh, find a way to finagle a trade for A.J. Brown, I will not complain. All right? I. That being said, I think, one, I don't think there's a receiver out there, at least as of right now, that can change, that I think is incredibly better than what you have. Like, I think T. Higgins is a one, but, like, is he proven to be better than Amari? I don't think so to this point. I, I think, think Amari is your one. You you want someone to compliment Amari. Well, listen, I, if, if Amari becomes your two, I'll take that too. Okay. But, but like, I, I don't just, know that's T for I, what he's going to get paid. I, I'm just saying, like, I, I think people are kind of overlooking the fact that Amari is a number one wide receiver. Well, and I think people are also looking over the fact that I think Elijah Moore put together some really good tape when his quarterback was healthy at the right. end of that season, I think I think Tillman, and I know Tillman made a lot of rookie mistakes. Um, I think he also showed you that he has a potential moving forward. I think David Bell teased you a little bit. Like, I think it's more about getting a really nice speed threat next to Deshaun in, in lieu of a Jamar Chase being available. Yeah. And I love Justin Jefferson being available. If yeah. either one of those kind of guys becomes available, you know what? Conversation changes. There, there's not really that kind of guy available. And there's a reason, like, I think you actually have a better chance in this class of finding that next guy than overpaying somebody to be that guy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I, I think the T. Higgins thing is a bit of a pipe dream. I don't know that that is realistic to happen this offseason. Um, but Calvin Ridley of Jacksonville, um, you know, is that a route you'd go? Um Mike Evans is going to be a free agent from Tampa Bay, and he does not sound like he's all that interested uh, in returning to the the Buccaneers because of how their contract discussions have, or in this case, have not gone mm-hmm. uh, on. Um, you've got you know Michael Pittman Jr. of Buffalo, uh, or I'm sorry, Indianapolis. Indy. I don't know. Is that a route that you'd be interested in? Um, and then you know, obviously, you mentioned T. Higgins, but like I, I feel like there are some creative options out there that might not be the 
quote unquote household names. Like, yeah, like, like it's, but like, give me like a Curtis Samuel on a one or two year prove it deal, and he's your gadget player next year. What you try to force Elijah into being? Give me Darnell Mooney of Chicago. I know yeah. those aren't sexy moves, but they fit with what you want to do with Deshaun. Gabe and Davis. I, I think, yeah, Gabe Davis. I I tend to think, like, I'm a little afraid of his inconsistency, yeah. but, I mean, I just mentioned two guys who've been a little inconsistent anyway. But so I'm like, operating in my head like I'm not looking for a number one. Yes. I, I'm looking for a compliment to Amari. See, that that's my approach. If, if I'm Andrew Barry, I'm not out looking for an, I have a number one, Amari. I'm looking for a guy to compliment him and take, some of the focus and the load off of him, I'm which actually, was, I think, the part of the thought process with Elijah Moore, which, let's be honest about it, I don't think that the Elijah Moore thing went nearly as well as the Browns had hoped. So what I would say is I'm looking for the perfect compliment to Deshaun. Well, that's and, fair. And I think with wide receivers, like Mike Evans is a great name, and Mike, I thought, had a great year with Baker. Right. Uh, he's a little bit older, and that the yeah, part like of him. Yeah, he's 32. Well, and he, yeah. he's had some injuries, and the other, he's a big receiver. He's not a speed guy right. that is going to stretch the field. He can still make big plays and yards after the catch, but like you need a guy that can go out there and run faster than the opposing defensive backs and get open for Deshaun down better, the field. You need a better version of Marquise this year. Yeah, like that's why I said Darnell Mooney, who like guys two years ago that the man ran a go route and he just went. And so like I look at this and say, in lieu of being able to add a truly great wide receiver. Right, I'm talking about a, a bonafide number one, a Justin Jefferson, a Jamar Chase. Then find somebody that rolls up to Deshaun better. And tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world. On. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and ATT at tmobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's funny. Like, I've heard people say, yeah, you got enough on the defensive line. It's like you have two legitimate starters there's, on your defensive line. There's no line. such thing as having enough on the defensive line. I'm I mean, sorry. Philly's a great example of this. Philly had a really nice defensive line and still went out and signed Hassan Reddick and ended up transforming their front four into the most prolific sack unit we've seen since maybe Baltimore in 2000. So, like, I, I just look at it, and I mentioned a few names here. I, I don't think – I think Kansas City might not tag Chris Jones, and if they do, they might try and tag and, tag and trade him, which takes you out of it. Right. But if Chris Jones hits the open market, give me that over if T. Higgins hits the open market. 
And, and another name, because I think what the Browns, what I think would be really smart for the Browns to find, like people forget like Javon Hargrave wasn't Javon Hargrave when he went to, to Philadelphia. He was a guy that was a really nice piece of that defense, but had not really matured into the Leviathan he became. DJ Reader was pretty good in Houston. Look at the DJ Reader that showed up in Cincinnati. Right. That was a guy who was 10 times the player. Over the course of those four, like last year, he was, I know Trey Hendrickson had the sacks. Look at their defense when DJ Reader was out and look when he was on. He transformed that defense when he came back off injury. So, And Andrew Barry has shown the willingness to sign those guys that you're projecting. You see yeah. the raw talent. They've they've worked their rookie contract. They're going to the second contract, and now the expectation is that that player is going to take that next step or evolution in their game, right? Andrew Berry has shown that he, he loves those guys. He loves looking for those type of guys. And while we get caught up in the, the big splash move, I – I think that's where the improvement for the Browns can be made is Barry finding himself one or two of those guys coming off a rookie contract, a four-year rookie contract, that they're looking to take that next step, right? Like like another Juan Thornhill type of a situation, mm-hmm. right? I mean, look, look at how well Thornhill played for the Browns this past season. This is a guy, his short, you know, four-year contract with the Chiefs came up, came free agent. And you projected, hey, this guy's going to be a, a real stud uh, piece in the back end of the defense here in his second NFL contract. And lo and behold, guess what happened in year one when he was with the Browns? He was a massive piece in the in the back end of uh, the Browns defense. So I think to me, that's where I don't want to use the, the phrase quantum leap because mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily that the Browns need to like make quantum leaps this offseason. Yeah. They just need to make good, sound, solid business decisions that can maintain what they have and maybe give them a smidge extra so that come playoff time, you know, we're not sitting here lamenting all the energy that was expended during the regular season to get there, right? And all the adversity they got through and that, you know, goes up in smoke in the wild card round. I think the way they're going to do this is do that good old trusty dependable offseason and you're going to target selected players. Yep. And I think those selected players come in two different packages. They're what you and I just talked about. You're 25, 26, you're going on your second contract. In your second contract, you might be a better player than in your first contract. And remember the let's not forget the Paul D Podesta model for team building, right? Mm-hmm. As people like to call them the guardrails, right? Mm-hmm. Those are in play here, too, with the type of contracts you're going to give out, the type of player you're looking for, right? If, if you're getting a guy in his early 30s, you're not giving him the same as the, the, the player yeah. that's going off his rookie deal into his second contract. But like a guy like Javon Kinlaw from San Francisco, I think he had his best season so far. That's a guy that might yep. make sense. Um, the other thing is if, if the right veteran shakes free. And Chris Jones is 29, I believe. I think that's – he's like 29-30. Perfect. I mean, it, you could put that guy next to him. Um, Justin Matabuike, the, the price is going to be $20 million a year. Yeah. Justin Matabuike on the same defensive line as, as Miles Garrett in the 4-3 – sorry, in the wide nine. And, like, you look at what – everybody talks about what, oh, well, uh, Jim Schwartz turned Kyle Vandenbosch in, from a five-sack guy to a 12-sack guy. Uh, look what he did to Albert Hainsworth. 
look look at what he's done to prolific talents, you know, first round kind of talents on the defensive tackle spot. So like a guy look like what he Matabuike, got out of Miles Garrett this past season. Yeah, well, like but like Matabuike is playing a a, a a three down lineman set most of the time, and so you put him where all of a sudden there's one less uh, blocker to occupy him. And all of a sudden, he's maybe getting even less attention because Miles Garrett's there, and you steal him from the Ravens. Right, like that's the kind of that's move. two birds with one stone, well, right there. That's a kind of move, that, like that splash to me. Yeah, is it the most likely thing? I probably not, but that's the reality. Is every year there's a couple players that don't get tagged that we get surprised about, yeah. and usually got to look for cheaper organizations. Kansas City, Clark Hunt, the whole thing this week leading up to the Super Bowl is he's cheap. And he underpays Andy Reid, and that's part of the reason Tyree Kill is no longer there. Um, a Baltimore with Steve Bashotti. Yeah, they won a lot. Steve Bashotti's let a lot of guys walk out the door because he didn't want to finagle the cap situation. Um, I was trying to think, what was the other one we mentioned? There was one other player we mentioned. Ah, who? Oh, Cincinnati. Notoriously frugal. And I think if there's a spot that they go frugal this offseason – They've already paid Jamar. They've already paid Joe. It would make sense you don't pay T. Higgins, too. Adam Schefter on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and all the NFL and all Yinzertown is aglow with the names he mentioned uh, that could possibly suit up for uh, the black and gold next year. Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, and Justin Fields. And uh, I got to tell you, man, I tuned in to knowing that this was a big story that kind of broke late yesterday. I tuned into the fan morning show on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Listening to them talk, it, guys, it was so refreshing. Daryl, I had so much fun. Because they quickly rattled through Russell Wilson and Ryan Tannehill and Justin Fields. And then they were like, well, well, should we get somebody that can just compete with Kenny Pickett? And then they started, they're like, what about Baker Mayfield? Should we, should we take Baker Mayfield? And then it went from Baker Mayfield to Jacoby Brissett. Well, I like Jacoby Brissett. I think he's got a lot of what we're looking for. And then they went to Joe Flacco. Well, look what he did in Cleveland. We could do that here, right? And honestly, they stopped short. They were just this this side of going P.J. Walker. Wait a minute. They actually admitted they wanted to replicate something that was done in Cleveland? Wow. Uh, it's dark times in Yinzer Wow. And my it, that is that is a new low even for them. My favorite part about it is I realize they've become us. Yeah, they're having <laughs> they're having more team success. You made the playoffs last year. It didn't really matter because your quarterback sucks. But they're in the spot. And I spent a like a half decade in Carolina warning people about the quarterbackless abyss. Because when you have at that time a guy like Cam Newton in Pittsburgh when he had Ben Roethlisberger forever. You get lulled into this this false sense of security of oh you're just gonna pick up and find the next quarterback yep. and like it was Indy going from Peyton Manning to uh, Andrew Luck it was the Packers the Packers and it might be the Packers again oh, I mean yeah. Jordan Love is he's got he's really damn good and he's kind of a mix between Favre and Rodgers ironically enough so they could have their ne- but like that's about it like the, it's it's tough enough. I mean, honestly, even Kansas City going from Alex Smith to Pat Mahomes and perfectly timing it was a brilliant stroke of luck. But they're they're now to the point where, guys, this is not a good offseason to need a quarterback. Well, I, I have to say this. I I wish Yinzertown the the best of luck searching for their next Kevin Hogan or their next Connor Shaw. 
Or their next Seneca Wallace. Don't sleep on their next Luke McCown. I was going to go Luke McCown next. Their next Spurgeon win. You know what I think they really it, need? Listen, if, if they can find Austin Davis 2.0. They just had their Brandon Whedon, right? An old college quarterback that wasn't any good. What if, and I'm just thinking out loud here, what if they found themselves their Jason Campbell? Because oh. you went from Whedon to Jason Campbell, and then and, you went to Hoyer, but you can't get to Hoyer without your Jason Campbell. And, and there was a day where Jason Campbell was thought to be a franchise quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. That's true. It was literally one day. It was one full day. It was sunny outside. Uh, that was before uh, recreation, recreational weed was legal. But, you know, let's say there were legal cocktails that were involved. And then, unfortunately, unlike Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray, the next day did occur right can, away. Can the Steelers find their next Bruce Gradkowski? I mean, they had their own Bruce, Bruce Gradkowski. So why not just bring back the actual Bruce Gradkowski for a second tour duty? All he's doing is working for PFF and just tooling around Toledo. I'm I, sure I mean, he's got time. I mean, look, if Nick Mullins ends up in Pittsburgh, I mean, what would the Browns do then? Listen, here, because here's where they're going to go. Well, are they better than Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph? They're going to do the thing we did for forever. They're, well, you know, Nick Mullins is better than Mason Rudolph, so why not? You'll know why. It's going to take a little minute, but you're going to figure out that the bar is no longer, is this person better than the slap asses we have? Nay, nay. You've got to be better than the guys in your division or comparable hey, to it. RG3, uh, you know, for as great of a media career as he is uh... – Embarking upon, I mean, if you place the call, maybe he could make the earth shake in Pittsburgh. Look at that right under his feet. And that those aren't just those little weird West Virginia earthquakes. That could be really just the big one. I mean, RG3 will tell you. He can still play in the league. I mean, nobody. Yes, he will tell you yeah, that. Yeah, he will tell you that whether you want to hear it or not, whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. I um, mean, if Tyrod Taylor happens to still you know, want to get knocked around a little bit? I'll tell you, they've never had their own Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, hey, Colt McCoy has made a small fortune. It's true. Being a number two quarterback, and he's never been shy about stepping on the field as a starter. Well, okay, here's the problem. They already have two quarterbacks that are number two. That's a good poop joke. What are we doing here? No sell me? I believe you. Um, I got to say... Laugh, Laughing on the inside. Also, I'm looking up the next former Browns quarterback that I want to mention that could play for the Did Pittsburgh you say Steelers. Doug Peterson? Did we get Doug Peterson I, I was in? getting to Doug okay. Peterson here at some All point. Right. Hey, what's Ty Detmer up to these days? Hey, Jeff Garcia, what about him? I can't make that joke on air. Unfortunately, I can't. I do have... But, but you can make the number two joke on the air. Well, yeah, because my joke about Jeff was much worse. Okay. Yeah. And tasteless, even more tasteless than the poop joke. Uh, Brady, hey, Brady Quinn. Isn't that kind of Kenny Pickett? A guy you drafted because he was from here? A guy you drafted because, well, we saw him play down the road, and man, that looks pretty nice there. I, I mean, he was even the, the in the 20. Like, I think Kenny Pickett was 20. Or Brady Quinn was 22. I, I think they ought to get my homie Jake Del Homie on the phone. I mean, listen. Jake's not really watching much in Carolina right now, all right? He's out there on the bayou watching Bryce Young film. He could be bought. I Listen, here's the reality. This is a bad offseason to need a quarterback if you don't have a top 10 pick 
and or you don't have like 150 million dollars you want to give to Kirk Cousins. Well, but even then, like that's the guy. Which, by and, the way, how is that not on top of their wish list? Because they're inbred. I've been all all over this. Their, their genetics are <laughs> like, just that's not the sound. First name that should be out of their mouth. Yes. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk he, Cousins. I he said is this. the he he is the the best free agent quarterback that's going to hit the market. Right. I uh, don't know if the Vikings are going to if Quasey's going to try and keep him up there uh, in Minnesota, but like. How is Kirk Cousins not the first name to roll out of your mouth? So how do you start with those three stooges? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Almost said something else. <laughs> like, how do you start with the three stooges? Like, and, and like, and not Kirk Cousins. So, because uh, you're inbred, I think we got there. Okay. But like, I think San Francisco should call Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is better than Brock Purdy. I, listen, but imagine how good the Steelers would have been this year if Kirk Cousins was their quarterback. I think that's fair, and with with both Achilles intact. In fairness to what True. happened in Minnesota, I think Justin Fields is the guy that scares me the most because Justin Fields is the guy that if you go there, you know that they're going to stick with him, and I think more importantly, they're going to build an offense around him. Like they did build an offense around Kenny Pickett in the second half of the season. It just is that Kenny Pickett sucks. So right. the offense didn't matter. <laughs> like, they built an offense to sustain Mason Rudolph. Yeah. And I think Justin Fields is the only guy that I've heard mentioned that could absolutely be a franchise quarterback. It's still a gigantic risk because I don't know if he can do it. Three years, two different head coaches. Uh, was it three different play callers I think he's on? Like, there's we're starting to get to worry. Like, man, he's so physically great, but is maybe he ruined. But – that is at least better than I'm going to bring in Ryan Tannehill because he played in the offense well for Arthur Smith for four years in Tennessee. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 